Okay, attention all you young bucks out there. How come it is that younger women love older men because, you know, they've got ambition and money and a nice car and dress well and have their act together. But at the same time, it seems like you younger guys are the ones spending all your money on women and those older guys don't ever have to spend anything at all and the women love them anyway. How does that work? It seems so backwards, doesn't it? Well, this often pondered secret to the universe and many others are ahead of you in this week's action-packed episode. Stay tuned. Live from the mist-enshrouded mountaintop fortress that is X and Y Communications Headquarters, you're listening to the world-famous Mountaintop Podcast. And now, here's your host, Scott McKay. Greetings, gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of The Big Show. This is, of course, the Mountaintop Podcast. My name is Scott McKay, at Scott McKay on Twitter, Real Scott McKay on Instagram, Scott McKay on YouTube. The website address is www.mountaintoppodcast.com. And I also cordially invite you to join our Facebook group, which many of you guys have already done and are enjoying very, very much and getting a lot out of it. That's the Mountaintop Summit on Facebook. We've got an exciting show for you today. A blast from the past has reappeared, gentlemen. His name is Will Hicks. And if you've been around the world of men's dating advice for a while, you remember him. You probably remember him best from his onstage presence when he used to basically take a starring role in David D'Angelo's live seminars that he would give. And he was almost always the audience's most favorite guest that David D'Angelo would invite. He talks a lot about meeting women. He talks a lot about being charming to women. And the best news of all, guys, is he's back on the scene with what he calls the Will H. method, the last approach you'll ever need. And listen, I'll tell you something. He and I are like the two old bulls on the hill. If you've ever heard the joke about the old bull on the hill and the young bull on the hill and the young bull, I kind of picture him like Enos or Roscoe P. Coltrane from the old Dukes of Hazard shows. Hey, look at those cows down there. Let's, let's run down there and get one. And the old bull goes, why don't we walk down there and get them all? Well, Will H. and I are like the old bulls. And today we want to talk to you young bulls. I know a lot of you guys are a lot more sophisticated than anybody who appeared on the show Dukes of Hazard. I credit you with that already, but we're going to mostly have a lot of fun talking about what we've learned since our younger days. We're going to poke a little bit of fun at ourselves, of course, and hopefully you guys, whatever your age is right now, will have a lot of fun with this show also and uh, maybe get something out of it that you can use to be better with women. So without anything further, my longtime friend, Will H. from the Bronx, New York. What's up, my man? What's going on, baby boy? <laughs> Man, it's so great to hear your voice and have you back on the show. And of course, you and I have been chit-chatting and plotting and scheming to do this show for a couple weeks now, and we finally coordinated our schedules and got it going. And I love the topic. I forget which one of us came up with it, but you know, both you and I have been around the block a little, uh, met lots of women, dated lots of women, been in relationships. Uh, I got a few uh, offspring under my belt, literally and figuratively. <laughs> And, uh, you know, there's a lot to talk about here when it comes to what older guys know that younger guys don't, right? Yeah, I mean, put it like this. I was fortunate enough to uh, have dated a woman who 
was the youngest of 16 children. You got to be kidding. 16. No, she and they had both parents. They everybody, all children had the same parents. And the one thing I learned from that experience was one, I don't want 16 kids. That was the one thing I learned. And also that I, I like not having kids. Because hanging out with her and her siblings, I was overwhelmed. And at that point, I said, you know what? Maybe kids are not for me. So that was the defining moment for me not having kids. Because at one point, I thought I wanted three kids, you know, one of each. But uh, it just never happened. Having 16 would overwhelm anybody. I mean, can you imagine Thanksgiving? How many turkeys do you have to cook? Uh, they, they made seven. Seven turkeys? Seven turkeys. Because then you have the parents, the grandparents, all the grandkids, all the cousins. Man, it's almost like you have to have Thanksgiving in shifts. It's like half of y'all come back on Friday. Yeah, the, the the small table was outside. So, you know, just saying. The small table for the kids. Yeah, it was outside. Which probably resembled an elementary school cafeteria. Did they have lunch ladies out there with a knife to cut the turkey for all those kids? They had a Thanksgiving buffet. <laughs> now, there you go. <laughs> it's pretty bad. That's the voice of experience talking right there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and the mom and the mom said if the father ever came near her again, she'd press charges. <laughs> <laughs> well, why didn't she think of that strategy about oh, I don't know, fifteen kids ago? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is no intimacy going on in that house. <laughs> so the first right. order of business talking to these younger guys is either you're going to want kids or you won't. Now, you know, we talked about this recently on the show. I think a lot of guys they don't want any children. At all, all through their teens, early twenties, you know, when we're out sowing our wild oats and having amazing, crazy adventures and saying, Hey, y'all watch this and, you know, cheating death on the daily. I, right. I think we're thinking, yeah, I mean, kids would come along and ruin everything. And of course you've made your decision and you're living the dream your way. Right. Man, as soon as my first daughter was born, I was smitten. I was okay with it. And then I'll be honest. I thought I was done after my daughter. And then I met Emily and I fall in love with her. And of course, we want to make children together to see how they turn out, you know, all part of God's dirty little trick. Why in the world would you want to have a full-time responsibility for the next 18 years just to see how it turns out, right? But nevertheless, my son was born. I have a son. He's a chip off the old block. Excellent. Big fun. Then Emily had never had a daughter herself before. So she's like, honey, I think I'd like to have another baby. And I'm like, oh, hell no. Right. I mean, that's enough. I'm done. I mean, my son damn near killed us. The kid would not sleep and he got into everything. I mean, he was just a ball of impetuous trouble and kind of still is, but we love him anyway. Right. Like I said, chip off the old block. But my wife, who I love, <laughs> talked me into another kid. So she had a baby and it was a little girl. You know, God was smiling on us. Right. And that little girl has just now turned eight years old. And she was born when I was 45. And people were like, y'all have to be crazy. I mean, there's no way you can be a father again at age 45. I mean, that kid's going to be graduating from high school when you're 63, dude. I'm like, okay, well, I guess, you know, it is what it is at this point. Well, Sarah has turned out to be just a treasure. I mean, she's a lot of fun. Because of what she's into, she's taken us on adventures that we never would have had apart from her. And, you know, I've kind of come to the conclusion personally, I mean, you know, this is our cup of tea that we're drinking, right? 
mm-hmm. that what is the true worth of having the nest freed up once you hit your 50s so that, you know, you can go have adventures or whatever. I mean, these kids are bringing a lot of fun to us. They're helping us enjoy life more. I don't really care that they're going to be here till I'm in my mid-60s because I plan on being healthy or whatever after that. So, I mean, I guess it's all a matter of perspective, but definitely, guys, probably the first order of business here is whether you decide you want kids or not, that may be subject to change. It may not be. Definitely make sure that you get into relationships with women who are on the same page with you about that. Otherwise, what you necessarily want isn't going to necessarily be what happens. So obviously, you've been very good about keeping yourself in check and hanging out with the right women over the years if you haven't fathered any children yet. Yeah, you don't get to be my age with no kids by accident. Oh, you know, no. you don't you don't wake up one day in your forties like, oh damn, I ain't got no kids. That's not usually how it works. Believe it or not, I planned it that way. You know. No, I do coach a lot of guys who are in their fifties or even sixties who never had children and decide maybe that they want to. But I would say based on mainstream percentages in the purest sense, you're absolutely right. I mean, Man. you don't not have children by accident. No. A lot of the cats that I hang out with, that I've been hanging out with for decades, they don't have kids either. It's like a bunch of us, no, no kids, just hanging out. Well, that's why you guys are hanging out with each other. All the dads are out, you know, getting drunk together, commiserating about how their kids are going to kill them and figuring out how to pay for college and stuff. Pretty much, yeah. So if I had to guess, I would think that the number one question a lot of younger guys would have to older guys like us would be, why do younger women like older men so much? What's up with that? Well, speaking from experience, uh, older guys usually have their stuff together in their eyes. Now, whether or not that's true or not, that remains to be seen. But when you're young, as a young guy, women don't really want you. So <laughs> straight up, right? Yeah, they don't. They don't, you don't have a job. You don't make no money. You know, they they want someone who can either take care of them. You know, provide stability, all kind of other stuff. And to them, older guys seem like that. So all the young dudes, I'm here to tell you that when you're younger, get your stuff together. Worry about your career, getting your money and your paper up, getting your house, your business, your car, get all that straight. Because as you get older and you have all that, it'll be a lot easier for you to go into the whole social world. And you can date the women that you couldn't date when you was in your early 20s, which would be around that age. Well, I'll tell you, I'll vouch from personal experience that I did better dating women who were 23, 24 years old when I was 38 or 39 years old than I personally did when I was 23 or 24 like those women. Yep. And I'll tell you, um, when I was in high school, now, the bad chicks in high school, whether they were Hispanic, black, whatever, they all dated cats that weren't at the school. They dated guys in their 30s, and they would all get picked up at the end of the school day. Or, you know, you come to school on your skateboard or your bike, you don't stand a chance with these girls. You know, they get picked up by guys in cars who got jobs, usually wives and families and other kids, but they, they, that's besides the point. Yeah. You know what's really funny? You're talking about guys showing up on bikes and skateboards. These guys know my kids are involved in BMX, and they have a pro series for BMX racers. And these guys are putting their lives on the line and they're amazing athletes. But the problem is they're on 20 inch wheeled bikes and all the girls are looking at them like, you guys are a bunch of dorks. So you have all these incredible athletes and the girls are completely uninterested in them for the most part because they don't understand why they're doing such a silly little kid sport. So you're absolutely right on many levels. Now, I don't know how skateboarders do. 
personally, I don't know many pro skateboarders at all, and I certainly don't know many with hot girlfriends, but I know there are probably lots of guys out there doing Nitro Circus or whatever, and yeah. the women just love daredevils, and then they get those women to uh, adore them and love them. But yeah, definitely on the regular, if you're cruising around on a bicycle or a skateboard and another guy's got his life together and he actually has a car, that's going to be a bit of an advantage for sure. Yeah. And I, I hate to break it to you, youngins, but uh, us men are judged, we're prejudged, and, and we're judged on a few basic things. Number one, who we hang out with. Number two, the car we drive. I know you're saying, oh, well, a Prius is economical and all that. Yeah, okay. You show up in a Benz or a Lambo, people look at you differently, okay? Or if you Texas, a four-door pickup truck with four-wheel drive. Right, exactly. And the platinum package. Ooh, you have such a pretty truck. Can I take a ride? It, it depends on where you are. That's and the right. third thing is the woman on your arm. Now, you could be the most dorkiest, stupidest guy, no respect having. And at the company uh, gathering or one of the something with the company, you show up with a hot girlfriend. You've just earned the respect of everyone at that venue. Male and female. Yes. They're all trying to figure out how the hell did this guy pull her? Matter of fact, there's a progressive commercial like that. The goofy guy, Jamie, the, who's the butt of all the jokes. Right. Exactly. Commercial. <laughs> he, yeah. He, he invited all his coworkers to his house, but he didn't tell them that it was a mansion and it he's loaded and he has a drop dead gorgeous wife and great kids and he can sing. All his coworkers have this stunned look on their face. Like, <laughs> right. And the wife is like this South American supermodel with an accent. Right. Exactly. Yep. And she's like, oh, look right. at this one. She is little like a child. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it flows looking all remedial next to her and whatnot. <laughs> well, the reason why that commercial is funny is because of the irony. Right. Because it's so improbable. So the guys listening to this show are probably left wondering, okay, look, man, I'm more like Don Knotts than James Bond. How do I pull this off? You know, especially as a young guy, I say stupid things. I don't have my act together. I'm not going to get my act together by tomorrow morning. So come on, Will, man, what's up with that? What can I do right now to be more like the older guys who get the younger women? Do I really have to have half a million dollars in the bank and have my career all sewn up by 22 or what? I mean, what's the deal here? And I'll tell you, just to kind of assuage these guys a little bit, when I was 23, 24 years old, I've already said I was less effective with the women my own age than I was when I was 15 years their senior, 15 years right. later. I mean, obviously not the same women. Time passes, right? right? But back then, my Marine Corps buddies and I in Yuma, Arizona were screaming around the desert on 150 horsepower motorcycles. You know, that was back when the whole crotch rocket phenomenon was still relatively new. And that was extremely intriguing to women. They all wanted to go for a ride. And we were, you know, like the outlaw guys, you know, doing wheelies in the desert and the cops chasing us around and stuff. I don't want to say too much to incriminate myself. Right. But I think the statute of limitations has probably passed. <laughs> but um, the women loved us. The girls liked us. But even with the motorcycles and that are of James Dean cool about us. Ultimately, they would roll their eyes and go, oh, these guys are a bunch of little boys, and eventually pretty much lose interest and walk away compared to how compelling it was to have that, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to call it a cocktail of traits, you know, okay, <laughs> kind of with the Rat Pack mentality, right. you know, like why okay. we're... 
why were Sinatra and Dean Martin so cool? You know, because they were older guys even in the early sixties. Right. What is it about that cocktail of traits that older guys possess above and beyond what your bank account looks like, what your job looks like that just gives women that emotional, that emotional thrill inside? Cause you know, it's all about how you make a woman feel right. Well, so. What do older men make women feel that younger guys just haven't figured out yet? The first thing I can say is, uh, even with myself, I'm always impeccably dressed. I teach all my guys, dress how you like to be perceived or how you want to be perceived. That's the first thing. The next thing is, you got to pose to be chose. You have to put yourself in situations and places where there are lots of hot chicks that's your type, whatever your archetype is, where they're there and in abundance. So just from being there, some of them will just choose you because there's just so many. Like for instance, I've had a security business for damn damn near 30 years. And when I first learned about security, I would work the spots, you know, I'd work in different clubs, upscale clubs where a lot of pretty women hang out at. And in my mind, I'm saying, man, ain't this great? Every week, they bring in hundreds of women just for me. That's what I'm talking about. They're all here for me. And it never failed. Every week, hundreds of women came in there. I had my pick of the litter. You know, I can talk to who I wanted to and whatever my type was. So most guys, uh, they don't put themselves where the women are. Like the famous bank robbers say, you know, why do you, why are you robbing banks? And that's where the money is. <laughs> so you got to go where the women are. You know, I think a lot of younger guys don't pay attention to how they look. You know, the stereotype is cargo shorts and a baseball cap you're wearing backwards and all these things that if you look at the websites for top 10 fashion faux pas committed by men, they're usually things that guys under 30 are infamous for doing. I mean, I've read somewhere in the past that no guy over 30 should ever wear his baseball cap backwards ever again or wear cargo shorts, let alone flip-flops in public. And I think that's sort of what they're talking about. They're onto something, aren't they? Oh, yeah. I mean, like I, like I said, I mean, uh, a lot of women, especially younger women, they're looking for sharply dressed guys. That's, a, you know, they check you out from head to toe. They look to see what kind of shoes you're wearing. They look at your haircut. They look at your hands. Guys, get manicures. They, women, check out your hands. They don't want to hold hands with someone look like he just finished getting out the corn patch or you know, left the construction site and wants to hold hands with you. <laughs> the corn patch. <laughs> I'm just like saying. children of the corn, huh? <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Fingernails all raggedy. You can't touch a woman with rag, raggedy fingernails. You know, it would hurt. I mean, so many guys out there, it's so true, man, just mix in a nail file, right? So many guys out there look like Skinny Pete from Breaking Bad, or they're running around in a Monster Energy branded hoodie thinking like, oh, now the chicks are going to dig me. I'm looking cool now, brah. And women are just rolling their eyes. Uh, The only time that works is if you've already been with that chick. (laughs) Wait, then you can relax a little. Oh, how I don't know that. I mean, man, my wife and I, I'll tell you what. We are not going to be broadcasting video for mornings at our house. Okay. My wife looks surprisingly amazing when she wakes up in the morning. You know, the old joke about don't marry a woman till you see what she looks like when she wakes up in the morning. We're all cool there, but I'm still not going to broadcast video of mornings at Casa McKay because, you know, we are very, very relaxed around here. We're talking, you know, boxer shorts and lots of sweatpants and, uh, mismatched socks because we put them on in the dark and bedhead and so forth and so on. Hell, one of the reasons 
above and beyond the fact that well, I'm losing my hair so it looks better. Otherwise, I look like the old guy from Up, you know, that Spencer Tracy thing if I let my hair grow out nowadays because I have wavy hair. It's a disaster. So I just took control and basically shaved my head down to like a one or a two all the way around, and I look pretty good. The guys who have done Facebook Lives with us on the Facebook group can vouch for that. You know, I mean, I look like crap when my hair grows out compared to when it's nice and neatly trimmed. But I'll tell you, the best part about that is I get out of the shower and there's no such thing as bedhead anymore. You know, I just take a towel to my head and I'm done for the day. I don't have to worry about it. And I think that's in large part due to the fact that, you know, I just don't want to look ragged like you're talking about. So, I mean, there's something to be said for that. And I'll tell you what, that brings us to another point. Your looks are harder to cultivate when you're older. You know, we all get older and, you know, women aren't the only ones whose looks depreciate with age, yet women still like older men better than younger men. What I tell the younger guys, Will, is, you know, if you could somehow bottle up what the older guys have figured out and take a big old swig of it, you would suddenly be everything women love about older men in the younger man's bodily form and you would basically get all the women that's what i tell them because i don't think women want older men because they're older specifically wouldn't you agree oh i i definitely agree and at the same time i thank the younger guys for providing an avenue for me with the ladies so you know thank you guys <laughs> Thank you for handing over all your women, you know, without any hassle whatsoever. Thank you for posing so little competition, right? The 80-20 rule still applies. <laughs> the 80-year-old guys are getting all the 20-year-old women. Like I said, That's the 80-20 rule still applies. Some old guy named Perito is getting all the women. He's raking them all in. But you know what? A lot of the young guys today, the stuff that they're saying to women is just crazy. A lot of women come to me and say, well, what's up with these guys? You know, the stuff that they're saying when they approach them and they're saying off the wall stuff and, you know, they're just grabbing them up, to, you know, grabbing their arm or, you know, hey, shorty this. So, you know, that's not what women don't respond to that, especially in the Me Too era. You know, you can't just be grabbing up women like that, you know, grabbing their arm, trying to get their attention and, you know, just doesn't work. Did you say the Me Too era or the Me Too error? Because I think either would apply. Both either. They both apply. How about the Me Too era error? Yeah, they, they both apply, man. Yeah. But you know what? I'm I'm waiting for the He Too movement, you know, because all this stuff about you know, everything is across the board. I'm waiting to hear about that. <laughs> yeah, whatever that happened movement. to virtuous masculinity? You know, we talk about that on this show all the time, so we're not going to flog that dead horse here. But right. a lot of guys have not heard nearly enough about how their masculinity really is virtuous, and the toxic version of it is a vice. So we shouldn't throw out the proverbial baby with the bathwater with masculinity. Virtuous masculinity is wonderful. And there's also such thing as toxic femininity. I mean, gold diggers come to mind. I mean, the man wants to be a provider. He wants to protect. And the woman basically just takes advantage and takes, takes, takes. That would be the feminine nature coming out in toxic form. So you're right. You know, you never hear about that other side. It's mm -mm. a lot of uh, political agenda, sure. Um, yeah. And of course, women need to be respected and need to be paid equal for equal work. You could argue that has to do with negotiation and right. men being a little bit less timid up front in that process. But either way, it's something that has to happen. True. I agree. But notwithstanding all that, you know, when you're talking about men not understanding how to relate to women at an early age, you get a lot that really harks back to that 
very, very poignant old joke about the two bulls on the hill. A lot of guys, frankly, Will, are running down there trying to get one. If you don't kiss a woman on the first date, you're going to be put in the just be friend zone. Kino escalation. All these things are young bull stuff. Yeah. yeah. You could probably call it young bullshit, <laughs> basically. You know, we could coin that phrase right now. Young bullshit. All that old pickup artist stuff that appealed so immediately and so strongly to those younger guys who were not getting success with women. It's like, yes, these women have rejected me. Now it's going to be payback time. I'm going to get these women to sleep with me. I'm going to trick them into getting in bed with me and getting naked and giving me blowjobs. And I'm going to do it because I just kind of brushed up against their elbow and that kind of softened them up so that I could uh, touch their hand. And then when I held their hand, that led to me escorting them across the street with my elbow. And then I could kiss them and that could screw them, you know? And it's just, that's not how it works, Papa. You know, you've got oh, to wow. make women like you. You've got to make women want you. You've got to give them that feeling that they're safe and comfortable in your presence. Then basically you let the game come to you instead of like running game on them. Exactly. How's that for a quote? Exactly. And what happens is when you treat women with respect, when you let your masculinity do the heavy lifting, when you have the patience, when you have self-control, all these traits of, wait for it, mature adult manhood, then the okay. women decide, you know, I'm really horny for this guy. How long are you going to make me wait? And really, the amount of time that you have to wait sometimes is a matter of 15 or 20 minutes, Will. True. But most young guys just are that impatient, aren't they? They're extremely impatient. It all starts with you know how they approach the women, you know, because you're training these women on how to treat you. And it starts with how you Boom. how you approach them. If you're leading with buying them drinks and let me take you out to dinner, you're already saying that I'm not enough. We need to entice me with some other stuff in order to make me more palatable for you to want to hang out with me. On a subconscious level, that's what you're saying, guys. And uh, to answer your question about the friend zone, one of the guys sent me an email. This is for you, this is for you uh, Jeff T., uh, if a woman asks you, you know, say you're, you're hanging out with her and she says, oh, you know, I, I want to take things slow. I just want to be friends first. Your response back to that is, oh, okay, that's cool. Well, how often do you have sex with your friends? And wait for answer. Most women will say, oh, no, I don't have sex with my friends. Then you say, well, neither do I. So there's no need for us to be friends. <laughs> but yeah, but most guys, they train, they, you train these women on how to treat you. Uh, that's why I tell guys, don't buy girls drinks, especially women you don't know. Why would you, you know, guys go out with drinking budgets? And another thing, guys, you guys take all the fun out of going out. It's almost like going to another job. Guys are leaving the club and they're like, whoa, man, that was tough. Now I got to go clock into my other job, yeah. hitting on women at clubs at night. Yeah. No, that was the club. We talked about that in the past. Yeah, that was it's the so club. <laughs> like, it is absolutely so true. <laughs> you know, this whole idea of buying women stuff to try to earn their affection, it absolutely broadcasts that you don't feel like you're enough by yourself. And the part that I've never understood, and listen, I'm an XX chromosome. I am a dude. I am a man, okay? Mm-hmm. In case that isn't obvious from listening to this. I am male, I assure you, okay? I can't for the life of me figure out 
how my own gender thinks in this regard. How do so many of us think that it's great to try to buy a woman's affection when quite literally a hundred percent of the women out there are onto it? They figured out that you're not going to buy my affection. This is really lame. Clearly, you don't think you're enough. A hundred percent of the women already understand that. And like 90% of the men are clueless about it. I don't understand how that light bulb never goes off for so many guys, but you're absolutely correct. And then what happens is a lot of guys never grow out of that mindset. We're talking about older men and younger women. You're talking about the importance also of men having their act together and having money and having a car. Sometimes that just exacerbates the whole problem. Like they'll be 40 years old and worth a million or two dollars and they'll go, okay, I'm going to take this young girl out and I'm going to impress her because we're going to go to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse on the first date and I'm going to take her for surf and turf at some big seafood restaurant on the second. Next thing you know, just like you said so eloquently, Will, you've trained this woman not only how to treat you like an ATM machine, by the way, because you're coming out of pocket every time you go out with her. But you've set a precedent. The habits have been formed. You know, you've started building traditions. This is how your relationship's going to go, because that's the precedent you set. I'm going to take you out and spend $250 on you every time we go out. So when she wants you to take her on, say, a shopping date or buy new tires for her car or come to her rescue in some kind of financial emergency, and you put your foot down and say, well, no, that's where I draw the line. I'm not going to do it. She's going to be confused. And you can blame her for being a gold digger. You can blame her for this and that, but it's your problem because you led. Mm. And I think that's something a lot of guys don't understand, regardless of their age, is your leadership. The training you give those women, like you said, Will, on how to treat you or what to expect from you, isn't just going to be in the moment. As long as you stay with that woman, that precedent has been set. That die has been cast. Yep. And actually, one of the one of the modules in one of the courses that teaches uh, is called ATM. <laughs> you know, are you ready for dating? And the ATM stands for attention, time, and money. Those are the three currencies that women speak. And I'll leave it at that. And also, guys, dating is counterproductive. How many times have you heard the guy talking about, you know, the job like, man, you know, Friday got this big date. You know what I'm saying? Don't care. Wait, Friday's coming up. Got this big date and he can't wait for Friday. And then Friday comes and then Monday rolls around. You can't wait to hear about this big date that the guy had. And and what did he Nothing happened. Except his wallet slider. His wallet slider and and the night ended in a... A pretty non non gratuitous hug where she's like, "Thank you, I had such a nice time. You are so you're nice. Such a nice guy. You are so <laughs> nice, and you can call me later." So, so the, yeah, most of these young guys are they're nice guys. A lot of these guys they're they're emotionally driven. And then she calls her booty call since it's only ten o'clock. Oh, no, I was getting to that. You know, so, so oh, okay. oh yeah. So then, uh, most of these guys are mostly driven. Uh, there's no logic involved and they're really nice. Let me give you a definition of a nice guy. A nice guy is a guy who a woman can go out with, spend time with and not feel sexually threatened. That is a nice guy. A nice guy is a guy she can call on an off pay week where she still wants to go out to eat, but doesn't have any money or doesn't want to spend her money. And she could call the nice guy. And he'll, oh, sure. I'll take you out to eat. No problem. Cause he just wants to spend time with her, hoping she'll see that he's the one. 
a nice guy is the guy who the girl calls to take her out to hang out with until the guy like me who's gonna bang the hell out of her gets off work or gets done doing what i'm doing so she just doesn't want to be alone and she wants to kill three four hours so she calls the nice guy to hang out with until she's ready to go that's the definition of a theater dinner well that that was before this there's so many purposes for nice guys it's ridiculous fixing the car oh, yeah 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 all these facebook groups for men where guys basically share their problems with each other and count on the cumulative input of strangers on the internet for advice half of them i kid you not half of them are like okay well i've been fixing this woman's car and doing home repairs for her but she still won't even so much as kiss me what's the problem i mean half of them are that yeah i'm, right. I'm a lot of things you know <laughs> Uh, and I tell women, I am not a nice guy. I'm a nice person, but I'm not a nice guy. You're not Mr. Nice Guy. No, I'm just not a nice guy. I'm a nice person. Then remember, guys, no good deed goes unpunished. The old saying, no good deed goes unpunished. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll go ahead and share something with you guys. I'll admit to something to you guys that is very embarrassing. Right after my divorce, obviously, I was vulnerable in not such a good way because I was codependent on a crazy woman for seven years. So I thought all women were going to be crazy. I was a bad guy simply for existing as a heterosexual man. I mean, this was way before that megaphone got really loud to all of us guys about how we're all just depraved because we're heterosexual and male, which, of course, isn't true. But back then, I even believed it. And I remember I got on Match.com, and I met a fun-to-hang-out-with woman who was adorable. And we went out probably for four months. I was buying tickets to Spurs games, taking her out to dinner. All we ever did was hold hands. I couldn't figure out a way to kiss her. She just, it was like hanging out with one of the guys, you know, she didn't have a whole lot. I mean, as cute and as adorable and, frankly, sexy as she was... You know, she liked to go drink beer and talk shop, and she kind of was like hanging out with one of the guys to a point where I just felt dumb even thinking about kissing her. And yet, I was very horny for her. And to this day, Will, I can't go back in my new mindset and figure out what I was thinking. Because it seems to me so easy now just to sit down with her on the second or third date and go, you know, you seem like... It's been a while since you've been with a guy who knows how to treat you right. And she probably would have gone, oh, yeah, probably, yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. And the next thing out of my mouth could have been and should have been, so when's the last time a real man gave you the kind of earth-shaking orgasms that you know you deserve? It could have been that simple. And she would have gone, oh, you know what? It's been a long time. I could probably use it. Great. Let me go do that for you right now. I agree. (laughs) I mean, nowadays, to me, it seems like this is a simple conversation you know no holds barred just throw it on the table and see what happens what's the worst thing that can happen no stay away from me i only like you as a friend great well we solved the problem about the spurs tickets and etc etc you know we're just going to be friends you know we need to go dutch on things and i mean it's just to me there's nothing to be afraid of here yet guys fear that rejection even after they have the woman sitting in front of them ostensibly on a date with them it's like they didn't reject you guys they like you they're there they're there because they see something positive about you why not at least talk about this 
right? I mean, what is there to be afraid of? But the nice guy is thinking, oh, well, I don't want, I, I don't want to be anything other than a gentleman. I, I want to do things that are in this woman's best interest. Well, we've talked about it on this show before. Sometimes what's in her best interest is multiple orgasms and you're the guy here, to do here. it, but she's not going to push you. She's not going to hint to you. She's going to wait for you to man up I and agree. lead. I also think that, uh, yeah. guys, you should never say that you're actually out on a date with women because again, usually a date usually ends with no sex. That's why it's called a date. For instance, I, I'll give you an example. I'll share something from uh, what I used to do. This was a date with me, okay? First of all, I'd ask the girl, you know, you want to hang out with me? And then I said, okay. She says, yeah, cool. I would invite her to one of my basketball games. So I would encourage all you guys, if you have a hobby, if you have a sport or you know, something you like to do, that would be where you would have the woman hang out with you in your preferred environment, something you're good at, something you do. So for me, it was basketball. So I would invite her to one of my games. Now she's watching me. She's sitting in the stands, watching me run up and down the court for a couple hours, you know, get sweaty, play ball, whatever. After the game, now, mind you, we're playing, these are professional leagues that I played in. So the world-class facilities, they got showers, so all that stuff. I don't shower at the facility. I say, okay, you know what? Listen, I so appreciate you coming to watch me play. Now, notice I'm throwing in certain sexual innuendos and double entendres, things that can be misconstrued. So verbiage is key. So I'm saying I, I so thank you coming to see me play basketball. I really appreciate that. Um, Listen, uh, I, I know it's late. Do you have a curfew? Is there some place you need to be or some place you got to go? Now, most grown adults are going to say their pride's going to kick in. Like, no, nah, I ain't got to be no way. I'm good. You know, I don't have a curfew. I'm a little kid. So I'm like, okay, cool. So now I tell her that, listen, I have to go home and take a shower. After that, I'll take you wherever you need to go. So you can almost see the look in her face like, damn, he got me. Oh, man. I should have said I had somewhere to go, but it's still cool because we're having a good time. So now we go, we're back at the house. I'm taking a shower. She's sitting there with the remote watching TV. And I, I have every intention. If she wants to go wherever, I will take her. But here's the problem. Now I'm taking one of those, those female-like showers. You know, the ones that last like 45 minutes, <laughs> an hour. <laughs> I'm into checking my messages and <laughs> doing some other stuff. You know, so now by the time I'm done with the shower, she's like knocked out on the bed. <laughs> so that's a, for me that's a more fun scenario than going out on your typical date so it's better just to get the woman just to hang out with you so there's a lot of activities that you young guys do with, uh you know whatever it is i mean even if you can get her come play video games with you that's a better date than you spending money that you don't have going out places that logistically nothing's gonna happen well several things there rapid fire first of all i have had quote unquote first dates with women where i took them furniture shopping because i needed a new couch or i took them mm -hmm. grocery shopping because i needed a few things right i had a woman come over to my house and help me give out candy to the neighborhood kids on halloween one time it just happened to be october 31st and those okay. always work out fine because it's all about connection and getting to know each other. Yes. Right. Second of all, if a woman ever told me, hey, look, I got to be home by 1045 because I got to catch a plane to Boston in the morning or whatever. And I just, you know, I have a curfew. I would make sure she was home by 1044. Oh, no doubt. 
And she would say around 10 o'clock, you know, I'm having such a good time with you. Maybe I could stay out till like 11 or 11.15. Oh, hell no. I'm going to leave her wanting more. I'm going to be her protector. I'm going to be the man of the house, figuratively. And I'm going to make sure she gets what's best for her. What she already right. told me before she got all hot and bothered was to be home by 10.45, sharp. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you, the response on the part of women when I cared enough about their well-being to do what they said they needed done and to be the man who enforced that for them when it was their will to begin with was so incredibly powerful. They were like, oh my God, this guy cares about me and what I said I needed and what I got to get done and being responsible and being a protector and being a provider more than he cares about getting in my pants. And I'll tell you what, not only did they want to see me again, but the next time they saw me, they basically attacked me. I mean, it was game on with reckless abandon every time. I mean, it was like clockwork. Talk about having enough wisdom based on cumulative experience with women to know that if you're a little patient now, it's going to pay off big time later. There's a prime example. Mm -hmm. The other thing is you're talking about, hey, come watch me play basketball. So many guys make this mistake of setting up their buddies to steal their girlfriends. It's like, hey, you know, my buddy's in a band and they're playing tonight. Want to go see them? Well, at the end of the night, she's going to want to meet your friend, you dumbass. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, but guys do this all the time. We're like, now I've got the woman. Hey, I got a great idea for a date together. Let's go to a smoky club that's known for being a meat market so all these other guys can hit on you when I already have you in my life. I mean, these are the mistakes young guys make, Will. Yeah, and this is why I disowned all all my friends that are in bands. (laughs) Because you're not, because you're not very good on the guitar yourself, huh? <laughs> you're rocking the mic. Yeah, bands off limits. Absolutely. Well, you know what? We're running out of time, and I want to give these guys a chance to uh, go to your website, and I'm going to link to that. It's called the Will H Method, the last approach you'll ever need. I would argue that you know maybe your approach and my approach could work pretty well in tandem together, but I love the tagline anyway. And tell guys a little bit about what you've got in store for them with the Will H Method. Well, I mean, first off, it's going to show you how to make yourself stand out and be important. I go over mindset, tactics, techniques. I teach you how to surround yourself with social success. I teach you how to own the room. I also teach you how to uh, assess whether or not you even want to talk to this person that you've even approached. Because a lot of times, you know, you don't know how to get out of it. You can get into it, but getting out of it's another thing. And last but not least, you know, I teach people how to be remembered. Man, I got about five new podcast topics just from that paragraph you recited. How to be remembered, how to set yourself apart as significant and important, how to own the room. Man, that's one I've talked about in Invincible. Um, it's mm-hmm. a popular topic, and there are a lot of ways to go about it. So that's exciting stuff. Guys, definitely go check out the Will H Method, www.mountaintoppodcast.com front slash Will H, W-I-L-L-H. And when you get there, you'll be able to check out the last approach you'll ever need, learn a little bit more about Will H, and uh, get you some. And uh, to all you young guys out there, listen, you can do this. Relax and have fun. The girls love you. Just like my English teacher wrote in my yearbook when I was in seventh grade. You know, obviously I was a very young guy when I was in seventh grade, but truer words were never spoken. And as I look back, that guy was an all American lacrosse player who had just graduated and was in his first year teaching. And he had plenty of girls in his life. He was doing quite well for himself. And that was real talk. And you know, that's pretty much the secret of the universe. So guys, definitely check that out. 
Will Hicks, man, what a great talk. I'm really glad we finally got together and made this episode happen. I'm sure the guys got a lot out of it. Thank you so much, man. Sky, you know, it's always a pleasure, man, chopping it up with you, you know, <laughs> reminiscing, going down memory lane. Always appreciate it. Yeah, man, 100%. And guys, be sure to go to www.mountaintoppodcast.com. Check out the show notes. Make sure you're getting my daily newsletter that will give you real actionable tips you can use right now, today, to meet more women and hire quality women and get them in your life, introduce them to your reality. And also be sure to talk to me for 25 minutes. Guys, the new year is upon us. This is going to be your year to be the man you know you can be and to get the women you already know you deserve in your life. Talk to me for free for 25 minutes. Let's get you on track. Let's put a plan of action together to make it happen for you this year. That's all there for you at mountaintoppodcast.com. And until I talk to you again real soon, this is Scott McKay from San Antonio, Texas. Be good out there. Mountaintop Podcast is produced by X and Y Communications. All rights reserved worldwide. Be sure to visit www.mountaintoppodcast.com for show notes. And while you're there, sign up for the free X and Y Communications newsletter for men. This is Ed Roy Odom speaking for the Mountaintop Podcast.